Welcome to another Rocky River United Methodist podcast, and it's our second week on the topic of media. Um, and real quick, before we get started, we want to thank everyone for listening, and thank you for your feedback, and we really appreciate hearing from um, the people who have been listening to this podcast. And we really pray that this has been a strength and encouragement for your faith. And um, so, yeah, our second session on media and so what we're going to, this one is actually going to be more about social media. So the first one we did was entertainment, music, kind of a broad um, look at media. But this one's going to be uh, more directed towards social media. So before we get started, Paul, what is your current use of social media? Well, uh, Stephen, thanks for tossing that question right at me to get us rolling here. Uh, welcome back, folks. Yeah, social media is a topic. Um I am uh, going to respond to that question and immediately discredit anything that I'm going to say for the rest of the episode um, by letting you all know that I'm, I am uh, currently not active at all on, on social media, uh, unless you count the Waze you know, GPS app that allows you to virtually honk and wave at your friends as you drive by them on the screen. Um, and uh, truthfully, my overall experience with social media has probably been typical more for somebody like twice my age than uh, uh, than it is uh, to to folks from my generation from my peer group. Um, somewhere out there in, in cyberspace, I, I do have an active Facebook account, I believe, uh, that I haven't signed into in about a year and a half. I was uh, actually active on Facebook for uh, probably a decade or more uh, prior to um, prior to kind of an absence from it. Uh, the only thing I, I think I ever actually posted on Facebook, uh, which I think is primarily the point of social media, is to share things. But the only thing I ever really posted was my annual thank you to, to everyone for my birthday well wishes. Uh, mostly I just scrolled up and down the screen to see all the, the random things other people were posting. I occasionally looked up people from my past, uh, high school and such, see how they were doing so much uh, better than actually showing up to reunions, class reunions and such. Um, but like I said, I, I would check Facebook occasionally, scroll up and down the screen. I'd do that maybe a couple of times a week. Uh, occasionally, I'd swap a, a private message with somebody just to, for convenience sake. But really, uh, my experience with social media is I've never had any meaningful engagement with it or interaction with other people through it. Uh, there were even stretches when I was active on it that I completely abstained from it because, uh, honestly, because I was frustrated with myself for, for putting so much time into it uh, when I really don't think I was getting anything meaningful out of it. And that's partly because I wasn't really invested in it. Uh, it wasn't until earlier last year that I completely checked out of social media, though. Uh, many of you will know that the church and basically everyone in my world at, at that point was going through a a time of uh, divisiveness, um, and there were just a, a lot of uh, unkind or, or just intense things communicated on Facebook, as well as many comments that I would say were very fair and, and respectful and, and well stated, yet I, I still found them to be um, communicated in an inappropriate context. I, I felt like they uh, would have been much better communicated in a person-to-person -person setting. And uh, as a leader in our church, in the midst of that divisiveness, a, a lot of those comments, really some of them were aimed at me or at the church leadership. And, and so um, not with any Ill, Ill intention or, or frustration directed at anybody, just simply from my own, uh, from my own 
peace of mind. I removed myself from all social media at that point. And honestly, I can't say that I've ever uh, regretted it uh, to, to this point. Um, but with that being said, and knowing that we have a podcast session to do here all about social media, and I do have some further thoughts and, and do have some uh, positive th- things to say about it, uh, I'll simply say that I do think it can be valuable and, and it can be an important piece of our social experience and uh, looking forward to sharing some more of those thoughts and insights with you as we get into the later questions. But uh, Stephen, I, I know you have a much uh, greater wealth of experience when it comes to social media, um, maybe even what you're doing right now. While I'm doing, <laughs> he's posting uh, something right now, or scrolling, I don't know what he's doing. But uh, Stephen, you're with us, and uh, what is your experience with social media, current and, and past? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so um, I do currently use social media. Um, <clears throat> probably not um, not as much as, I don't know what the average is, but I really only use Facebook, I guess. And um, I usually post something at least once a day, um, but no more than once a day. And it's mainly, I use a platform to keep up with, like, what how are people doing. My family's on there and... Um, stuff like that, but also um, when I do post something, it's usually like faith-based or something about encouraging others' faith or posting videos about faith or something like that, Um, and I don't really use any of the other ones. Um, I don't use Twitter or TikTok or some other social media platforms, Instagram, um, although I'm very aware of them, and... um, I normally use, like I said, normally use the Facebook for my pictures and posting videos about Bible verses. I do follow like some athletes, um, landscape photographers, Christian organizations, pastors, and musicians on Facebook. Um, and I also may follow some of them on Twitter, but I don't tweet anything, and I'm not very not on Twitter very much. Um, but yeah, and I, and I, I guess I don't know. If this maybe is a generational thing because. Um, I got a Facebook my junior year of high school, so it, it is very, very weird to, you do have the ability to go all the way back to high school, and it's very weird to go back and see those old posts and pictures. I don't have any crazy pictures up, um, so if any of one of you are my Facebook friends, um, if you're going to do a deep dive on my Facebook, you're not going to find anything that crazy, um, but yeah, I, I just think it's interesting that you know, I've I've been having it for quite a while now, um, and of course we're going to get into more about the positive and negatives about social media. So we're going to start off um, with Paul talking about how can social media be a positive and, and healthy contributor to the life of a Christian. Well, uh, so very simply, God created us to be social beings, right? A healthy social life is important to our overall health, even important to our our social health. And social media can play a role in that. Uh, I don't see too many people that turn to social media uh, as their source of interacting with with, uh, their closest friends or their most important circle of friends. I don't see them turning to it uh, often as their, their primary support system. And I don't know that social media is, is really suited for that, is best set up for that, uh, but it can grant you convenient access to maybe that, that second or third tier of friendships and relationships uh, that, that you are looking to have in your life. 
Uh, people maybe wouldn't pick up the phone to call on a regular basis, but you can still share some, some mutually beneficial interactions uh, through social media with them. Uh, any, any way that you can have positive interactions with a large number of people on a regular basis can be incredibly affirming, can be healthy. Uh, there's nothing better than having, you know, three, four hundred people tell you happy birthday uh, as opposed to just like the three people you would see if you weren't on social media or, or uh, wish you a happy retirement uh, when otherwise it would be like five people doing it. You know, it, it does uh, have a, a meaningful role in, in that sense. Uh, it can be an incredible asset when you're looking to connect with people who share some of the same interests and, and hobbies as you do. Stephen mentioned uh, he's, uh, he follows um, some photography, landscape photography uh, folks, uh, some, uh, some Christian uh, leaders, pastors and such, um, some musicians. You can uh, follow these folks. You can have conversations with other people who have an interest in that. Maybe you're big into uh, remote control airplanes, yet nobody you personally know uh, could care less about them. So you get on and uh, are part of a social group where you can have conversations about remote control airplanes all day long, right? With people who do care so um, it can be beneficial for that purpose specifically for christians though um, honing in more on where uh, we want to be going with our conversation social media can be an incredibly effective way to witness to our faith um, now to be clear i don't mean for us to, to get on there and, and witness to our faith by condemning everyone else for their beliefs or what they're saying or doing or, or for anything that they're posting or to make it our sole purpose to get on there as, as Christians and start a bunch of heated debates about controversial religious and social issues. Um, if you're on there for those purposes and, and people begin to sense that that's really your agenda, your, your purpose for being on there, uh, they're going to pick up on that. They're going to tune you out right away. Um, and you're not going to have a, a positive, positive uh, witness with them. Uh, you, you really you have to be on there as, you know, not Jane Smith, the Christian activist, but Jane Smith, the person who uh, happens to have a, a, a Christian faith and uh, be passionate about it, but also has a job and a family and other hobbies and a personal life. Um, and so people see you as a person, not just somebody on there with an agenda. And uh, in my experience, it is possible to have healthy conversations about matters of life and faith on, on social media. Uh, of course, as you know, all it takes is one knucklehead to get on there and, and spoil things, though, for everybody else. Um, when it comes to being a Christian witness through social media, honestly, I think I've found uh, people are more effective with their witness, not because they're debating their Christian ideas or, or arguing their Christian views with other people, but because they're on social media uh, media demonstrating Christian love. Uh, you can be the person, not that gets on there and, and has these uh, heated uh, discussions about, you know, uh, so uh, hot uh, hot button topics or, or some of these uh, highly debated topics right now. You can be the one that gets on there instead and uh, rises above the shenanigans and, and does not fire back when people say unkind things. You can be the person that's sharing uplifting messages and affirming stories. You can be the person that's on there asking great questions uh, that shows uh, that you really care about other people you're engaging with. Even if it's uh, about things you could care less about, you can still ask good questions to, to uh, have a good witness with folks. You can respond to people in ways that show that you actually are listening, you're caring about what they have to say. Uh, we have to remember that some folks on social media 
Uh, that is their primary outlet. That's their primary social connection. They don't have a, a great support system outside of that. So what you say and how you interact with them uh, can make a huge difference uh, to those folks. Ultimately, though, at its core, social media is a means of uh, granting yourself nearly unlimited exposure right, to who you are and what you're about, your, your thoughts, your attitudes, your character, your behavior. Every time you're on there, no matter what you say or do, it's on full display to countless other people. This can be a great opportunity as a Christian. This can be incredibly destructive for us as Christians. So it takes wisdom, takes discernment, a lot of grace, and a lot of patience in order to be effective and, and to glean something meaningful and healthy as Christians uh, from social media. But there are opportunities there, I truly believe, uh, for those who go about it the right way. Stephen, what do you got for us? What are the, the positives, uh, the, the healthy aspects of being involved in social media? Yeah, so I, <coughs> I believe social media can have a very positive effect on Christians if used correctly and in moderation. Um, social media is a great place to read or listen to good pastors watching their sermons and interviews. That isn't the, that's not a slight at Paul or Dan. I think they are good <laughs> pastors as well. Oh, uh, Thanks, <laughs> um, you can find good Christian organizations and you help provide helpful information for growing your faith and giving you a biblical lens and um, a biblical lens of how to look at the world and uh, understand it and Social media also provides an outlet for Christians to talk to other Christians, to share prayers and blessings, and um, I think it's a fantastic. I mean, you can have small private groups of Christians that go to your church. You can have Christians really from around the world, so that's, that's, that's huge. Um, in many cases, the Christian message has never been able to spread as far or as fast than it is in this Internet social media age. Um, so really, this, this age has allowed um, the gospel message to spread further and faster than it probably ever could. Um, I mean, it can span the globe in a matter of minutes, um, which which can also be a bad thing when um, misinformation can also spread so quickly, um, but we'll get to more of that later. Um, social media allows us to connect to the church even when the church isn't in the building, so just a little plug, uh, our 1130 service is on Facebook, so if you go to Rocky River United Methodist Church, Look them up on Facebook, and you can watch the live stream on there. Um, so you can be the church without even being in the same building, or a version of the church, we say. Um, so I have social media. I mean, the way, the way I use social media is to share and strengthen my faith. And, um, and through the many reasons I've said, like I, when I, the way I think of my social media account is I want to use it as a way that can help strengthen others' faith. I mean, that's basically my motivation as to why I have it. To be honest, I'm not on it too much, but I do post, and I, and my prayers that my posts make a difference in other people's lives, and I really want to use it as a platform to reach others. I mean, that's, that's kind of how I see it. And even, even there's even Bible apps that kind of like, um, are set up like social media platforms. I think of the Bi Bible app, I think it's called Uversion. Um, it's really much like a social media feel. Um, so social media um, really has like it has this effect almost like so when we think back to the early church, part of the reason why the early church was able to spread so quickly and the message was able to spread so quickly is because of the well-built and maintained Roman roads at the time. So like when you so when you look at your New Testament, 
nearly all of it, about half or more than half of it is all just letters. You know, even the Gospels were written, they were shared among churches. So um, the fact that Paul is writing all these letters, we have apostles writing letters, the reason they were able to spread those letters at maybe not a fast, maybe not considered fast today, but fast then was because the Roman roads created a, an environment and a perfect place for this message to really spread during the during that time of the early church, um, which again, which I think provided, again, the Roman roads provided the goodness of the gospel to spread, but also provided many bad things would happen on those roads as well. When Jesus shared a, a parable about the Good Samaritan. Matter of fact, when he was on the road, he got jumped by bandits. So you're going to have that bad stuff that happened on the roads as well. Um, but of course, with anything, um, you ha- everything, like the internet, it's all how you use it. It can be good, it can be evil, and, and it's all about that what the user does with it. So from this Christian sense, yes, I think it can be a really positive and healthy contributor to your life as a Christian. Um, so then um, it leads me to the second question, which kind of just naturally follows this one. How can social media be an unhealthy for Christians or really for anyone? What do you think, Paul? Yeah, so the, the flip side of all that, right? Um, what, what is the downside? What are the risks involved in social media? Um, there are a lot of different factors, really, we could look at here. Um, but the one, honestly, I would start with... Um, even before we address the actual social part of social media is the, the time factor, revisiting our order of priorities as Christians. And I think we've covered this uh, to some degree in other podcasts, but the most important uses of our time as Christians are to, to spend time with God directly, uh, spend time caring for our immediate family, extended family, uh, serving other people, sharing God's love with other people, which you can uh, if you're very intentional about it, you can successfully do through social media. Uh, but then on top of that, we get our, our mandatory things like, you know, earning a living, uh, caring for your home. Um, and so for many people, once you, you add all of this up, um, myself included, this immediately makes it extremely difficult for us to justify putting much meaningful time at all into social media activity. Um, if I'm uh, overly active on social media such that I'm, I'm not giving attention to uh, something that's more important or has greater opportunity for me to uh, impact others for Christ in my life, uh, then I have things in, in the wrong order. Uh, however, if you have the time or uh, even with the little time that you want to commit to it, there are opportunities here. The, the, the founder of the United Methodist Church, John Wesley is credited with this quote. I don't think he had social media in mind, but I think it's interesting. He, he once said, do all the good you can by all the means you can and all the ways you can in all the places you can at all the times you can to all the people you can as long as you ever can. Uh, so, so social media is certainly a convenient place, uh, so to speak, that we can access at any time um, and in doing so connect with many people. And um, in those ways, we can do an awful lot of good through social media. So there are opportunities here. Uh, that being said, the relationships, which I feel in my life, breed the most meaningful witness and, and through which I'm able to impact people uh, the, the most, are those uh, relationships in which you spend time consistently with a person, not just sharing in conversation, but creating shared memories, doing things together, experiencing things together. Uh, usually, unless you happen to be in the middle of a, a pandemic, in a person-to-person manner. 
Uh, generally speaking, I, I think I'm more effective uh, diving into deep relationships and meaningful relationships with a handful of people than I am with the surface relationships with lots and lots of people. Are, are there ways to make these surface level relationships um, have a positive impact? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, even if you get on social media, maybe you, you just post a, a lot of positive affirming things, uh, thought-provoking things, uh, and then you guard yourself against allowing those messages then to lead to these never-ending debates and, and meaningless exchanges with people that you may never speak to again. Uh, it's hard. You get pulled into it. You want to have conversations with people, people that um, maybe you've never met before, people uh, who you may have uh, acquainted with in your past, and you don't want to uh, pull back and not engage them, especially when they're asking you things, but it's a, a deep rabbit hole that can really uh, suck you in. And, and before long, you, you, um, you've invested a ton of time and don't realize what you've deprived yourself from with, uh, with committing that time to social media. Um, but Jesus, you know, Jesus spent a great deal of time thinking back to his model for us. He spent a lot of time teaching the masses. He spent time with, with people, with large groups of people. He lived... Uh, in a different era, but if he lived in the social media era, I wouldn't be surprised to see Jesus on social media. I don't know what his uh, you know, tag would be or, or what, which, uh, which um, you know, platform he would be using, but I'm sure he'd have plenty of good materials to post, um, you know, pretty cool pictures to put up on Instagram, right? Uh, but I don't know that he would have invested endless hours into the follow-up debates and the conversations that would come from people trying to dissect or, or criticize his remarks. And I think he would have kept his exposure on social media to a, a, a minimum or at least a moderate uh, level. Because uh, Jesus taught the masses, but he was in relationship, general relationship with a select 12 people, probably a few other uh, women as well that uh, don't get referenced by name in, in scripture, aren't spoken of as much. But he poured himself into this small group of people because these were the people he was counting on to carry forth his message. Sometimes I, I think Jesus' interactions with the crowds uh, were more intended, uh, or at least partly intended, as kind of a lab experiment for his disciples to learn and grow by watching Jesus interact and, and hearing how Jesus spoke to the people as a whole. Um, not necessarily because Jesus was going to convert tons and tons of people uh, through these large mass gatherings. Um, so I, I think Jesus may have been on social media, but certainly not at the expense of these more meaningful relationships he held with people in his inner circle. As to the, the specific dangers uh, posed by social media, um, this is where I'll, I'll get a little bit more in depth um, if you didn't think I had yet. I don't know. Have I already, Stephen? Oh, uh, yeah, probably. I've already dug too deep. <laughs> uh, such is life. But uh, social media is a, it's a, a public forum, right? So everything you say is observed and scrutinized by an infinite, infinite number of people. That's a, the way it's set up. I could be talking, say, uh, to a guy named Joe about my views on the, the death penalty, right? And, and maybe we're having a great conversation on social media, but what we don't realize is that there are 600 other people listening in, and, and maybe uh, 200 of them agree with me, 400 agree with Joe, right? Maybe 30 of those people actually decide that they're going to join in on the conversation. So now we got 32 people uh, chatting about the death penalty. Several of them are, are so passionate about their views that they start taking personal shots at other people who disagree with them. 
Uh, maybe one of the people who joins the conversation is a, an old professor of mine, and I really want to impress him, so I start talking all uh, academically and with this these, these high vocabulary, and I'm alienating other people maybe who aren't having the conversation in that manner. Maybe there's a, another lady on there that I don't know uh, whose husband was, was killed by somebody who's now on, on death row, so i got to be careful not to offend her. But at the same time, my, my friend Sarah is, is on there. She's commenting... Uh, as well, and she'll be super disappointed if I don't stand my ground on, on my views on the death penalty. And then this other guy keeps dropping these profanity lace tirades directed at this, you know, sweet elderly lady from my church who's trying to get involved in the conversation. I feel like I, I need to defend her, you know, and all these different factors and dynamics are, are in play here. I'm starting to wish maybe I just invited Joe out for a cup of coffee so he and I could talk all by ourselves, right? You see how having an audience or unlimited voices uh, and sometimes extreme voices changes a conversation. Not only that, but we're not actually talking, we're typing responses, so it's uh, impossible to know the tone of people's voice or their body language with, with what they're saying. And most of the people in a conversation will probably never meet each other, never see each other in person. They don't know each other. At least for the moment, we're protected behind this uh, impersonal barrier of, of screens and so we can be lulled into thinking that there's no consequences because I'm never going to meet you and there's a screen and I don't even know where you live. And my words and my behavior change because of this. Uh, this is why cyberbullying has become such a big thing for our children, for our teens. Um, so, you know, with all that being, being said, I think those who are in social media engage with it on a regular basis, they have to have a level of self-awareness, right? So they can ask themselves these questions. They can consider things before they post, before they talk. Uh, how will this statement, what I'm about to say, uh, be received by people, those, by people who are in the conversation, by people who are just listening? Is what I'm saying actually true, or am I twisting things to, to get a certain reaction? Does it uh, serve a worthwhile purpose to put it out there in, in front of hundreds of people, or would it be better suited for a private conversation? You know, all these things, I honestly, part of the reason I, I struggle to get on social media uh, on a regular basis is because I, I don't trust myself to maintain my integrity, my authenticity, my demeanor in this type of setting. I've always clung to this mantra about uh, the importance of speaking the truth in love. Well, I, I, I find it difficult, more difficult when you're conversing with people uh, to speak the truth. Uh, the truth part and the love part are both made more difficult on social media. So on one hand, uh, it's granted me an opportunity in the past to talk with many different people, a diverse uh, representation of people. Um, many of those conversations have been very meaningful and, and positive, but it can also be a recipe for disaster. And friends, at the end of the day, nothing replaces genuine, con genuine contact and inter interaction uh, with human beings. Virtual communication is super convenient. It opens up opportunities for more people, different people, but ultimately, my fear is, and what I see happening is, it creates a society in which people are constantly immersed in, often overwhelmed by the, the need for this superficial communication or this high pressure, you know, with the huge audience communication. And at the same time, what they're really doing without realizing it is isolating themselves from anything meaningful between one another or with other people. Even in their own household, people are on their screens. They don't even interact with each other because they're too busy having these uh, less genuine conversations with people around the world. And uh, 
you know, I, I just think this is the fear that we, uh, that we live in, the reality of what can happen if people aren't informed and aren't aware of, of their own um, needs and, and uh, the, the risks involved in getting involved in this. And a final word, friends, and I'll let Stephen take it over. Um, just as individuals and as Christians, we need on a regular basis to make it a point to unplug to disconnect from social media, from devices in general, even from people in general. Um, God can't speak to us. God can't work in our life if we're never creating space uh, to be able to hear him, to be able to see him move, to be able to feel his presence. And if we're constantly uh, attached to our phones or feeling drawn and sucked in and uh, manipulated or, or just pressured by these conversations or need to be engaged with tons of people and tons of places about tons of things, then God can never speak. Uh, or when he does speak, we're not paying attention. So the need to disconnect to me is, is very important. Stephen, uh, tell us the risks. What do you got? <laughs> yeah, so I kind of mentioned a little bit about this, but social media can be can be very unhealthy for Christians. And again, it um, one thing that's important to note about social media, the user has so much control. Um, I think we sometimes forget that, like, we can turn things off, we can block people, we can um, turn off different advertisement, whatever. I mean, there is a level of control that we do have, but um, there are several potential problems with social media, and many of these are kind of what Paul has already talked about. Um, and the one he kind of just talked about is social media can sometimes feel like a replacement for real social interaction. And as Paul said, there is just no replacement for real social interaction. Um, or when we meet face-to-face social interaction with someone, um, it's just face-to-face is just so much different um, than over a screen. Uh, we're not, we're just not connected um, the same way when we're connected over social media. And I think, to be honest, I, I do believe the pandemic has shown the value of face-to-face interaction. I think um, people have, with the pandemic, have realized just the limitation that um, Zoom calls and FaceTime and Skyping, they, they, we can realize the limitation. Matter of fact, um, my parents just came up um, from Kansas City um, about a week ago, and we just had a fantastic time of seeing them face-to-face. And for my, for my kids to see their grandparents, it was just a huge, um, different experience for them to see them face-to-face. But at the same time, and this is where the balancing act is, at the same time, my kids have been seeing their grandparents on um, Skype, and we Skype them, and, and they see them, so that when they when they saw them face-to-face, there was no lag time, <laughs> per se. Um, they just kind of jumped in and just like, hey, that's grandma and grandpa. We know them because they've seen them. So having... having um, appliances, media, electronics as a way, Skype as a way for our kid, my kids to connect with their grandparents who are thousands of miles away so that when we are together, um, we just already have those connections. Um, so again, that, it kind of goes back to what I want to say is that social media has to be seen as a tool, not the main way that we communicate or connect with others, but a tool in a way in how we connect with others. The second thing, social media, the second um, potential problem with social media um, for all the good that it spreads, there's also a lot of um, <clears throat> bad that it spreads. There are a lot of misinformation that could be spread. Misinformation is rampant on social media. So that's a huge problem. I think really the truth 
in a sense, the truth has been weakened um, as the social media ages continue to grow and spread. Um, and, that, and that's a huge problem that has really risen to the surface during the pandemic because we're just like, what is true? Can we believe this? Can we believe that? And our friends are all posting many different things. Um, and misinformation has always been around. It's not like something new that social media created, but social media, in a way, has spread it and made it so much quicker um, for it to spread. Um, so then again, this this goes back to the Roman road analogy that just like the Roman road road was a good for the spread of the gospel and Christianity, but the Roman road was also used for bandits and also misinformation from the Jews. As a matter of fact, so you look in if you look in uh, Galatians, um, there are many Jews who are going around saying that in order to follow Jesus, you had to follow Jewish practices, and they were taking the same Roman roads. <laughs> that the Christians were taking it, and Paul was in a constant, um, kind of in a constant battle saying, no, like, you come to Christ through grace, not through the law, not through your works. And, and, and so Paul was constantly combating the misinformation of some of, um, some of the Jewish, some, some of what the words of the Jewish um, people were saying. Um, so similar to social media and the internet, if we're not careful, we don't, um, if we're not careful what we read and what we see, we always have to use, there must be discernment. Um, that goes for anything online, but discernment and wisdom. Uh, and the third and final thing, social media reflects, really reflects the sinful humans that use it. Um, so I, I listen to quite a bit of podcasts, and um, when I've listened to podcasts about social media, what's interesting is that so many social media companies started off with this utopian view of like everyone's just going to be um, have a great time and it's just going to be this great wonderful helpful information we're all just going to be happy and lovely this real utopian view but now they're seeing the ugly reality of humanity um and, and i've told this to other people that I, I think the internet reflects humanity in a way um, the internet's very dark there's a there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of bad things that go on in the internet that reflects humanity and and our and it reveals the need for a savior um and also, as Christians, we must be careful because social media, it can, fuel, it can fuel us with greed. It can fuel us with pride and anger and lust. And if we don't faithfully filter through the information coming through, one can be exposed to such harm, very harmful things. Um, I, if, I, don't think, I don't know if there are any kids listening, but it can be harmful. Pornography is very dangerous on the Internet. So we have to be very, very aware, and, and social media is, is a breeding ground for unhealthy arguments and hateful words towards others. Um, as Paul said, that it can be this people really kind of unleash on social media because they're not face-to-face. So there's sometimes people will say something on social media that they may not, they probably wouldn't say face-to-face, um, to be honest. So there, and, and I think most of Everyone who's listening, we're all aware of the negative negativity of social media and the potential problems that it presents us, um, and also the many good things it presents us. So I think a lot of it, as I said, a lot of it goes down to to us as the users. We need, in a way, we need to take control over our social media. Uh, if we have social media, we need to take control over it and say, I'm not going to allow social media to run me. I will run the social media. I will dictate um, what kind of information I'm exposing myself to. Um, and, and we have that ability, and I, and I think that we should all take that up. So our last question here is, um, last question we have for Paul, what, 
for both of us, not just Paul. <laughs> what ideas do you have for parents seeking to navigate their children's exposure to social media? All right, so uh, speaking to parents out there, maybe to some extent grandparents or anybody who has uh, influence over young folks, um, we always want to try and offer some uh, tidbits specifically uh, for your unique context. Uh, my fear for years has been, and, and um, you know, Stephen is obviously a much greater, more meaningful interaction with uh, adolescents for a number of years than I have, but I've, I've helped out with uh, uh, youth group and, and been around my kids and their friends and, and um, helped run youth programs at former churches. And um, what I've observed and what I've been afraid of is that this generation of, of children and youth that grow up with texting and social media is such a huge part of their lives that they'll you know, lose, lose touch with or, or never really develop the ability to have um, healthy conversations in person that uh, working through conflict resolution uh, things are, it's going to be a totally different skill set and maybe lacking in some ways because so much of their conflict resolution happens or doesn't happen on, on social media. Um, developing really meaningful, uh, deeper relationships with people uh, might be difficult for them. Uh, so th- it's been one of my fears for a number of years, and and it's probably uh, I probably sound like a you know old fogey that's uh, bemoaning the the new uh, trends of the younger generations. Maybe I'm showing my age, but um, and maybe it's a bit far fetched. But it's been my my concern. Uh, so as parents. How do we make sure that this isn't the case? If, if this is a real possibility or concern that our kids don't uh, have a, a negative uh, impact or a negative um, uh, experience with social media, that it doesn't uh, prevent them from growing up in, in healthy ways. Uh, for me, the most important, the most basic thing for us uh, as parents to do is to regulate, very simply regulate our, our children's use of social media and, of course, devices in, in general. Never before, if you think about it, never before in history have parents had so many things that they needed to regulate that their kids are are interacting with or involved in or things that they have to maybe uh, consider flat out saying no to uh, to their children. And it's not an enviable place to be as a parent. It's hard work. Uh, It's not particularly popular with our kids that we we choose to regulate or even uh, turn down them, uh, turn them down when they request certain things. And the flip side, I think, is we have to work even harder as parents then to uh, create positive things to replace uh, these things that our, our kids are maybe not going to be as immersed in as, as other kids around them. Um, but quite simply, we need to regulate the, the time our kids access uh, this stuff, the amount of time they spend on it. Um, we need to basically help them understand that the real world exists out here and, and not in there um, and as convenient and as accessible as social media is and and the devices uh, in many time in many cases seem physically attached uh, to the bodies of our our young folks um, they can get to the point where they're so immersed in these uh, videos and the world of uh, social media conversations and posting pics and all of these things that they lose sight of what's real and what's not and they're so engrossed in the virtual world that they uh, find themselves struggling in the real world um, and um, more often than not, they're completely unaware of these struggles or, or of how to address them. And so that's why we as parents have to be on our game. So regulate uh, is important. Secondly, uh, same advice really we gave last week when talking about media in general. 
Uh, parents, do your homework. Uh, know exactly what goes on in, in all of these social media platforms. Know the risks that your kids face, how to protect them using parental controls. Um, just like Stephen was just describing, which was empowering to me that we have the ability to control the experience of, of the user on social media. We can use that ability and apply it to our kids and our teens as well. Uh, we can't afford to remain ignorant about this stuff, especially with our kids, because the risks are just too great that they can be victimized or just really uh, put themselves in, in very unhealthy uh, situations if we're not overseeing some of these things. Uh, third, educate your kids. Talk to them about the dangers of, of social media, not just uh, the, the need to avoid uh, getting bullied or stirring up trouble or, or predators that are out to get them, but, but talk to them about the importance of disconnecting from vir the virtual world at times, having meaningful interaction with people in person, um, interacting with people when there's not an audience of thousands of people listening in. Uh, getting outside, enjoying some sunshine, learning some other important lessons or skills or, or uh, acquiring other hobbies uh, that can be positive for them. Um, next, I, I would recommend if your kid's on social media, be their friend on social media. Friend your child, right? If, you, if they, if they want to have a, a private conversation with people, they still have the ability to do so. Uh, there are phones for that. They can uh, meet up in a park. They can even message each other on social media. But if your child wants to be on social media, they want to put themselves in a position where thousands of people are overhearing everything that they're saying, um, then be one of those thousands of people. I don't care if the platform is meant for 12-year-old kids, um, and Stephen may be able to correct me and tell me how ludicrous this, this suggestion is, but uh, still sign up for an account, get on there. You don't have to post anything, I would recommend. You don't post anything, uh, but be there as, as somebody who can observe uh, what your kid's experience is firsthand on social media. And finally, friends, uh, very simply, don't be afraid to tell your kids no. I promise your child's social life will not be destroyed for life if you ask them to survive third grade uh, without being on Twitter, right? There are so many other important things that our kids can and should be doing with their time, especially in those younger years that are so important for their development and their, their maturation. Um, and you may feel like your public enemy number one because you tell your kid no, but but you're not. You're you're loving your kids. You're doing what's best for them. Um, so be smart and don't be afraid to, to regulate. Uh, Stephen, what would you say? I know your kids are a little younger, probably not uh, on Twitter just yet. But uh, what what would you do uh, as they age? What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. So um, yeah, my kids are four and three, or <laughs> yeah, well, two soon to be three. Um, so yeah, it, it, even right now, my, my kids have two tablets, and I um, already regulate what goes on those tablets. So uh, my idea is for parents is that they should be completely aware of what is going on on their children's social media accounts. Um, I believe parents should have an access to all their students, uh, students or children's social media apps, um, and perhaps even have some, as Paul said, even be friends with your students on the apps. Um, and maybe even until, <laughs> to be honest, I know this sounds really kind of like strict and extreme, but maybe even having that sort of access even till they're 18, if if you really, um, if it sees fit. And, and we'll see if I hold that standard as my kids continue to get older. But I will, um, I truly do believe that um, I want to be completely aware of everything that's going on, on social media, just because it's, 
Um, it's, it can be dangerous. It is dangerous. Um, teaching children how to navigate the internet is now a critical job for parents. Um, many children, many children and students disregard or overlook, or they're not aware of the dangers of so, that social media presents. Um, social media for students or children is also a place where a lot of bu- bullying and gossiping takes place, just like it would in school. But now the bullying and the and the gossip is. Um, everyone can see it on the social media app, so that's even harder. Um, social media can also be a place where students, as Paul said, students and children are exposed to potential predators. Um, they they are out there, and they are looking for uh, students and children. So I do believe as parents we are to guide our children in their interaction on the Internet. Um, the Internet is very helpful, extremely helpful, if not necessary, <laughs> Um, but it's also a very dangerous place. And I think the goal for a parent is that when um, that child, the goal for a parent is for when the child, their child leaves the home, they have the tools and the awareness to safely navigate the internet. Um, that they have the wisdom and the discretion to safely navigate everything that they find online. So that's, yeah, I, I think it's critical, again, that um, it's now a critical job for the parent is to teach their um, children, their students, how to navigate the Internet. So thank you, everyone, for listening um, to this podcast. It's been really great um, doing this topic, and we, Paul and I are very much looking forward to our next series, which, um, to be honest, I might just break here. So our, our next series is going to be, so our church is based on, it's all about the story, and, and we just love that. Um, theme of the church. So what we're going to be doing for the next couple podcasts is interviewing different people other than ourselves. So um, we're just really excited about um, bringing about other people on the podcast so we can hear the stories of um, of others. And because it's all about the story, it's all about the story of Jesus Christ and how his story interacts with ours. Um, so we're just really excited about that next series. So thank you everyone for listening. Um, have a blessed day and remember that we're still streaming online and we're also having in-person services at 10 o'clock. And thank you.